Uh, last night while taking a shower, I decided to give uh, Squidward the business, if you know what I'm saying. Immediately after I came, my... More poetry. Hi, I'm Dr. Drew, and this is Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Dr. After Dark. We appreciate you, as always. We appreciate these emails at drafterdark at gmail.com and also the voice messages at 818-253-1693. Thank you so much for those. And uh, do not forget, can we put up the, uh, the, the, the mug, the mug declaring the rational revolution? It is the greatest iconography of any political movement of all time. There we go. We also have, of course, anal begins at 50. Anal starts at 50, I beg your pardon. And uh, yeah, that mug, I just think that's the greatest picture of Christina and I declaring our rational recovery, our rational revolution, our rational revolution coffee mug. And we're working on some other cool, slick stuff. That yeah, I'm you guys have shown me some amazing um, ideas that I hope they all come to life because give me a break. Uh, you have something up there that I've got to see right away because Jim Jeffries is a friend of mine and he flubs Bert's name. Oh, yeah. Let's see that. Here we go. I'm going to be performing in Colorado on, I know this, for September the 8th at Red Rock. So you're welcome to come if you want to come and have a laugh. Me and Bert Chrysler. <laughs> Bert Chrysler. <laughs> well, come on. Anybody could do that. Come on. I think it's, I'm going to call Bert Chrysler now, from now on, though. I'm going to call him that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I think Bert Chrysler is what we should call him. Uh, but thank you, Jim, for that. Uh, let me also get to some. Everybody good in the booth? Everybody uh, themselves? Everybody okay? Hell yeah, Drew. Hey, I just thought of Living something the life, too. Baby. Good. All right, you're all back. Everyone's with us. Um, I was thinking about any and guilt. Um, Jesus other, Christ. The other day when you were um, taking all those pills, I, I detected a little bit of guilt. It was before you started saying S my D and all that stuff. But there's a little <laughs> bit of guilt there. And uh, and I as I was leaving, you said I don't I don't have any guilt. Is that true? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think so. Not not consciously. If if there was guilt, it was subconscious. Do you, know? do you ever feel guilt? <laughs> Is that where we're going with this? Just curious. <laughs> uh, I think that's a very valid question, Drew. Do I ever feel guilt? Like, do you ever feel like you did something and it's like didn't go well, or you didn't go the way you missed somebody misinterpreted something, or feel bad about it? Do you know what I mean by guilt? <laughs> It's a legitimate question. <sighs> great to be back, Drew. Great to be <laughs> it's back. It's great to be here. Uh, do I know what you mean by guilt? I don't think I do. Okay. No. You know I what I mean by shame? Shame, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have any of that. You don't have shame. Have you ever felt it? Yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah, okay. for sure. Have you ever felt guilt? I don't. I don't. You don't no, know. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought was going to happen here. So 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 do you why do you think you don't feel guilt? What would your sort of guess be why you don't feel it? Because there's a reason for everything that's done and it's not as though I ever have any ill intention with something that's done. So if it happens to yeah. have negative cause, it okay. wasn't because of the intent, therefore yeah. fix it. Just fix it. Yeah. You know? So so that's sort of the in my mind the best reason not to feel guilt, which is essentially what you're saying is I know never do anything that I should feel guilty about. Right? Right. Now people that say that sometimes are really sort of guilt avoidant. Like guilt is something they hate feeling. Mm. so they now it's a good thing because it makes you do things right but you know no one's perfect and so occasionally you feel guilt um you one of those people that you hate you hate guilt you just don't want to feel it 
Uh, I mean, the fact that I've blocked out the concept of, of guilt, <laughs> I'd say, yeah, I'd say that might uh, lean towards yes. I'm okay. one of those people. <laughs> so, so it it may have gotten to the point where when you feel guilt, you're so guilt avoidant, you're not even like acknowledging it. Uh, yeah, I mean, just like yeah. every other thing, I'm dissociating. Yeah. Right, you dissociate. Mm-hmm. I think you had a little bit of guilt oh, when boy. you were in. When I was in, you felt a little guilty about taking those pills and not, you, you know, not. Coming clean with me about that. Shit. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess. I, I mean, but but if I did, wait, can guilt be subconscious though? It can Is that be. Possible? It can be. You know, you're a dissociator, so you could be mm-hmm. dissociated from. It. It's not so much that it's subconscious; it's that you disavow it. You oh. know, what I mean, you just pull away from it the way you, you know, the way you dissociate from other stuff. Um, and sometimes you will like see it in other people as a way of. Uh, sort of experiencing your own guilt. You'll say that person's guilty when in fact it's your guilt you're feeling. Interesting. Is that ever so, Did I look guilty to you? <laughs> did you look guilty when, to me? When uh, you were in here feeling guilty? I don't think so. Okay. But interesting. So I wonder, do you think that then is why I was saying suck my dick, suck my dick? I was like something putting of, myself into a, you know, like something yeah. contrasting so I could just... Yeah. I, I think I else? think so. It was something like oh. that. That's why I experienced the yes, my D as a sort of defiance. It was like you're not made me feel guilty about this, man. I you know, you know, you and your your doctor stuff and your pills and <laughs> you know what very, I mean. Very interesting. I mean, I could tell you at least a hundred percent, like at the forefront of my brain anyway. There's never been any like uh, d- defiance towards you. No, no, I know, I know that. To, oh, no, you're no, saying, no. but in just the, sort of a defiant posture you're, I got you're, you. you're defying the guilt really as you're saying not, not towards you. me per, me personally I, I know that i understand that so, so towards the inner me that's telling me that i should be guilty just towards authority that might judge you for taking those pills oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. fuck authority dude. yeah that's, yeah that's 100 percent. yeah interesting right isn't that interesting that is interesting yeah so thank you for for letting us take a good look at that because because i because I, I could i could see the guilt and and then i saw I suck my dick and i was like <laughs> hmm, interesting juxtaposition and and by the way you didn't seem guilty then at that point when I, when I was experiencing it, I was like, yeah, it's not the guilt's gone, but he seemed, but I could see the high more then too, whatever, whatever that, you know, whatever the pills had done to you, right. which was kind of interesting. So anyway, there you go. So, but here's a good reason not to feel guilty. And, and I want to, I want to endorse any reason for not feeling guilty, which is don't ever do anything that you'd feel guilty about. You know, otherwise feel the guilt because you did it. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Guilt is a guilt is a feeling that is not so bad. It keeps us on track. The problem is in in things like um, depression and in drug abuse, people feel guilty for these illnesses. You know, they they feel like they feel bad, like I'm bad, which is shame, and they feel guilty, like I'm I'm prone to do something bad, and it's really just part of the illness. And and guilt and shame can actually be counterproductive when you it's because of an illness you're feeling guilt and shame. If that makes sense. I'm not expressing that too clearly. Does that make sense to everybody? Dov, you're nice and quiet? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so let's see what else we got. Let's get to a voice message. Hey, Dr. Gene. I yeah. am doing a little bit of dieting. I am uh, on keto currently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just took a brown that looked like a payday bar. And uh, I was wondering, uh, I'm stacking on peanuts a lot, and I've noticed over the last few days that there are just big chunks of it coming out my brown. And uh, I was wondering if that's a me problem or if that's a uh, everybody problem where they don't break down peanuts or nuts uh, all the way uh, and they come out in their browns in big old chunks. 
So, uh, yeah, you could answer that for me. I'd appreciate it. Keep them high and tight. You bet I'm coming up in May, and uh, I'm going to keep feathering it out my butthole, Doc. Out feathering out my butthole? Is that a new one? You know, he's uh, taking some liberties there. Yeah, okay, good. Um, yeah, uh, that can happen. I, it's a you thing. Uh, I It's probably just surely the amount of peanuts you're doing, and yeah. I'm not so sure that the keto is being maintained at the point at which you um, – have so much peanut that that you know so much protein that it's converted into sugar so you got to kind of at certain point look at the balance there it, it, it's it's supposed to be a little more fat for keto if you're trying to maintain keto than all that protein so i really the bigger issue is more that your keto is probably not really keto uh though it's also not particularly uh you know peanuts are a good substitute for carbohydrates so right. not something to worry about i would actually say I, i'd give either uh two suggestions and that's Uh-oh. either either one chew more Correct. That's something they could do, and it will not be so payday-ish. Or two, switch to peanut butter or almond butter or something peanut, where they peanut do butter, the chewing yeah. for you. <laughs> there are keto peanut butters. The problem with peanut butter, per se, is that it's usually peanut butter spread, which has got a lot of sugar in and all kinds of other right. stuff. No, but you get the you get the auntie, the, no, I get the, get the, the one keto. with, the, with they, the oil on top. I understand. There, there are keto peanut butters out there, and I would, I would recommend them. They're good. Uh, angry about NASCAR cooler band. Huh. Texas Motor Speedway Texas has Motor banned Speedway. coolers. This is a bunch of bullshit. I will not be coming back to Texas Motor Speedway until this cooler ban is lifted. And none of us should come back. It's a hundred motherfucking degrees out here. We're fixing to pack these stands full of people and Texas Motor Speedway says, oh, by the way, motherfuckers, you can't bring a cooler. This is a bunch of horse shit, and I ain't going to allow no fucking body to push me around and tell me what the hell I can and cannot do. NASCAR fans pay the bill up in this son of a bitch. That's who pays the fucking bills around here. Now, you going to fucking listen, and we're going to bring our fucking coolers, or we ain't fucking coming back, motherfuckers. We bought your tickets. We walked a damn mile to get to our seat. Wow. In the freaking 100-degree heat. So you could make damn money. And you sons of bitches banned coolers. That tells me that you totally disrespect us NASCAR fans that don't appreciate us whatsoever. So here's what I'm going to recommend. Us NASCAR fans need to ban Texas Motor Speedway. And I'm asking everybody not to come back to the next Texas race. No one. They're going to fix this shit, and I want a formal apology from Texas Motor Speedway as to why you decided to disrespect the people that are paying the bills, you bunch of dumbasses. And the other racetracks oh decided to put a ban on coolers. You better think damn twice. Because if I find out about it, I'm going to light your motherfucking ass up. You don't disrespect the fans. You hear me? You don't disrespect us. Well, we get it, man. We heard you the first couple times. Uh, I like that he's got a plumber's hat on, Sandy the plumber. Uh, he's pretty upset. I, I don't understand why Wayne giant poster of Wayne Newton behind him. That's kind of interesting. Mm. Um, in Texas, where Vegas or something, I kind of get it. But uh, yeah, he's upset. He wants that cool. It's hot out there. He don't want to buy beer in the stands. He wants to bring it himself. Yeah, I, I, yeah it seems reasonable, dude. I mean, I I feel like I get it because I'm like, if this is a new rule change. And all of a sudden, they're not allowed to bring coolers. Yeah, like a, that, that's a shock. It, it changes the whole way that you do that event. Now. It's a whole experience change. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, listen, the guy, he's legitimately upset. Seems like he might get a little army behind him. That'd be interesting. Though those NASCAR fans are pretty dedicated to the race. I don't know if he's going to keep them out of the stands. Yeah, I mean, you saw how upset he was. Look where he's sitting. I, no, he's still there. He's still there. Well, <laughs> I guess I, my bet is he found out about this as he was walking into the, the stands. You know what I mean? This, he was going to the race and found out he can't bring his cooler. And he's pissed. Mm. And he's not coming back. 
Um, it reminds me though, if you could, there was a video going around recently with a guy freaking out on a plane that people have lots of thoughts about. Did you see that thing going around today on Twitter? No, I think uh, you're gonna need to be more specific. It's it is. He ended up, I think, duct taped the chair. Um, you, you well, guy freaking out on a plane. You're not talking about the infamous Burger King hat, motherfucker, right? Uh, I don't know, but it looked. People mm. were really upset about this guy. Uh, you know, um, um, Whitney Whitney Cummings tweeted it. Tweeted. It. Look at her uh, tw- Twitter feed, and uh, she wanted to get in the ring with him. Was her plan to get in the octagon? Let's see what we got here. Uh, there he is. There it is. I don't. You guys fucking. My parents are worth more than fucking two million goddamn dollars. And you know what? You fucking suck. Yeah. Oh, this kid's yeah, yeah. You know what? My grandpa is worth more than people don't yell like this. How the fuck is he not getting his ass beat? Yeah. Oh, there it is. There it is. Well, the horrible thing. Oh, yeah. oh, so they must have been mid-flight. Yeah. This doesn't feel like the solution to this problem. No, and the horrible thing is the the flight attendants got fired for this guy for them saving the rest of the passengers from this nut job. So he looks like he's definitely on. He's altered. He's in a, on a substance, but he looks manic also. Like he's in a really abnormal state, and so. I, you know, this is not, you don't restrain people like that. That's not a cool thing, but it's an emergency, right? And then you look at all the people taking pictures of it. <laughs> look, at the, look at all the lights up there. And uh, I like the way he's yelling about his family's money. And this is, he's a cool, mm. that is a cool guy. Now, I wonder if a good solution to this problem is maybe on every plane they could start outfitting uh, one seat to be like the jail. The jail yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. really interesting idea, uh, but I but I also there. think there ought to be further discussion about what to do with out of control passengers. You know what is and is not okay to do, because I would argue that in an emergency, which is really what they were in here, this might be okay, right? If what you're up in the sky, you have somebody who's really not in their right mind and violent, and you're trying to save them from themselves and prevent other people from getting hurt. I feel bad that the flight attendants right. were were fired for this. That, right. that, I mean, it's like not. It, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not signing off on it. I'm saying we need to talk about what needs to be done. Given that more people are losing their shit on planes these days, and, and some of it seems to be the frustration around masks and COVID and everything else. And this is not that. This is uh, mental illness and alcoholism or something or this meth or something. Some I feel like some. as a passenger on that plane, it was in your duty to. Beat that motherfucker up. How'd you let him keep talking like that? Well, why'd the, you leave it to the flight attendants? Because on, fighting man. crazy people is a scary thing. Yeah. yeah. Fuck them up. Bro. Who knows That's what ridiculous. else was going on there? There, there was another, there was another recent, uh, oh, we're going down the air, the, the uh, recent airline fiascos. Uh, there was a spirit airline brawl. Look that one up. Uh, I hope we're able to show these things. They're on Twitter. Why not? Uh, yeah. It just happened like a couple days. There we go. Uh, that's at the airport. No, this was no, no, no. This is the one below. That's the one. The one second one. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sick! A full-on fight. Full-on, the whole bunch of guys. Did that motherfucker just shoot a spider bird? Oh. oh yeah, I hear a stun gun. Yeah.
Oh, police are bringing the tasers. See, this is way better than the duct tape. Just beat his ass. So a woman started this? Is that what they're saying? That was a sick Gucci mask, though. <laughs> so what is going on on airlines, gentlemen? What do you think all that is? It seems like it's more and more and more of it. Uh, you think it's you think it's frustration, lack think, of travel? Think it's mass? Think it's it's think you know all the, the we've been put upon by the government so much, and people are feeling like no man, no, you can't put on me one more thing. I'm not going to take it, kind of thing. Well, it's I think there's a lot of variables when it comes to altercations on planes. I don't know, just it's upsetting. It's just unnecessary. So Well, I'll tell you what, Drew, you know, there's all mm. this fighting happening on planes. Mm. You, you know what will really brighten up your, your day? I'm guessing one of these videos. Well, oh the I king tell you the when king I can show you. The king. Good morning, man. <laughs> Put your feet on the ground and take off running. Let's go. Time to wake up. Let's go get some stuff done today. I'm still looking for that special lady to be my queen. Uh-oh. <laughs> Come uh -oh. on. Uh-oh. If you're in the Canton, Akron, Masson, or Cleveland area, let me know. Kings and Queens above 18 at gmail.com. I would love to go out and do stuff and have fun and maybe take a ride on the bike. Come what? on. Summer has just started. Let's go do things. You guys have a beautiful day. I am heading to, uh, I think, Detroit today. Take a load up there and uh, bring a load back. You guys have a beautiful day. I love you guys. My kings and queens above 18. Thank you, king. Let's get going. Thank you, buddy. I'm ready to go now. Thank you for that uh, that uh, affirmation. I'm ready for my day. Yeah, wasn't that a nice Thank pick you. me yeah, up? I'm really ready now. Clean, cleanse my palate. There you go. Now um, hold on. Let me bring you back down. Hold on. Quick. Hold on. A second. I kind of like the way this looks. What do you guys think? <laughs> Biggest question is: Any girls out there want to sit on my face? Yeah, that that brings you back. Brings you back. Snaps you back to your mom's house. Snaps you back. See, I'm putting you in a hot sauna and then putting you in a nice bath. I'm just getting you back and forth with the all. I, I, I'm I'm worried that this guy works for the county metro, uh, and that uh, somebody's gonna see him, uh, you know, their bus driver or whatever, and gonna go, oh, Jesus Christ, look who's driving my bus. Is it the county <laughs> metro shirt that gives away? The yes, the county from? metro shirt. <laughs> he's, he's this guy's gonna be. I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm going to be getting on the subway, and that's the guy I'm going to see, the engineer of the train. It's going to be very disturbing. Well, if but, you see this guy when you're riding the bus, ask him if he if he wants you to sit on his face. Did you see any? Are there any women that ever do anything like that ever? Uh, really? I mean, really? I mean, I, f I was about to say not ones that have a good success rate, but I feel like any woman putting this message out will have a success Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so they never do it. Right. They don't need to put this message right. out. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's built into the market that they, don't, they never have to put it on a video. They just sort of mm, put it out into the world. And uh, it, it makes me feel, again, I feel bad for men. I've said this before, I think. It makes me sad for men that they are so desperate and so needy and so out there and so have trouble reading what women are experiencing and why they're having trouble. And it's just, ugh. yeah, it's, mm. it's the rejection that women don't face that force men into those places. I know they don't have to, I, they don't get what rejection feels I, like. <laughs> I know not. Well, not the, the kind in the way that men do uh -uh. and, and men, because the, the rejection is always right there. They're afraid and they isolate and they're alone and they're sad. Ugh. And then they stalk. Ugh. Oh man, being a man's not fun. 
the the thing too i always tell um like a lot of girls ask me why guys get like that because i mean i feel like I feel like at least all of us have been there at least once. I know I used to be that guy where I was the nice guy syndrome. I was like, why doesn't any girl like this? Yes. You, you don't get it at, yeah. at a point, right? That's there's right. There's something that changes no, that. Th- there's <laughs> something that changes that reality. <laughs> uh, well, pussy, I was going to say, but you know, <laughs> when you get but, it, finally. But, but, it, but some guys, stay, there's a very small percentage of guys that never go there, and there's a not so small percentage of guys that stay there forever. Uh, and, and they usually find somebody. They usually do find somebody for everybody. That's what. That's the good news. Um, but they do stay in that state for a long, 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 long time. And it's a really unpleasant state that women never have to deal with. And uh, unfortunately, men will stalk and get desperate or get aggressive and things, you know, in response to being there for too long. And that's not good. That's not good. Well, one one thing, yeah, that, that I always tell women because of that mm. is if you want to be a part of the, you know, if you want to contribute to making dudes not like that. Yeah. Don't lead them on anymore. Don't be their friend. Don't do, oh, if, if no, you no. if yeah. you want no and they yeah. ask for something that you don't want, just say no. Just be done with no, it. No, if we're they not if they show it's, it's a great note, Annie. If they show interest in you at the beginning and then they seem to be okay, I'll be your friend. No, Bullshit. that's a stalker. That's a stalker. Yep, that's what that is. He's waiting for his time. For I, I've had this call a million times on Loveline back in the day. I'm, we probably give me some voice messages on this one. You all, you ladies out there that are under thirty, have got a good friend. He's such a nice guy. Jimmy's so great. He waxes my car, dude. Stalking you. Trust me. He, mm-hmm. You dated a few times, then you decided you really weren't that into it, and he's been my friend ever since. He is, he's completely obsessed by you, and otherwise he wouldn't be circling, circling, circling so much. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible to be a friend. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that scenario of where he was really in and then you weren't and then he just continuously stayed around. Now, if it's somebody that you were into, you dated a little bit and then you'd see each other every few months in a you know friend gathering or something, that's different. I'm talking about the guy that hangs around. The your, best friend. The bad, he's your good friend. Mm-hmm. That is stalking behavior full on. Um, have you ever done that? Uh, have I been the, the... The stalker guy. No, 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 because that's like friend zone. I mean... Maybe like in high school. I was going to say, yeah. most guys have, have sort of flirted with that. Like they kind of went that direction at some point or another. Uh, again, small percentage of guys never. A lot of bigger percentage of guys still there. Uh, and it's sad. It's a very sad, de- desperate place. Desperate, desperate, desperate. And uh, and you can't show the desperation because you know that will be the end of it with this young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, last night while taking a shower, I decided to give uh, Squidward the business, if you know what I'm saying. Immediately after I came, my... More poetry. Uh, immediately after I came, my heart started beating through my chest. I developed tunnel vision. I momentarily fainted. Upon coming to, I was having heart palpitations, hyperventilating. My hands locked up for 10 minutes. Extremely strange position. Unable to move them. Weirdly painful. My whole body was on pins and needles. I've got a history of vasovagal syncope and a Schatzky ring. Uh, interesting. Uh, anxiety, agoraphobia, ADHD, AOCD, panic attacks. I've been fainting, passing out, then panicking when coming to for most of my life. But this felt different. The, the locked-up hands were terrifying. Locked-up hands from hyperventilating, uh, probably. Uh, I thought I was going to have a seizure or a stroke. I, my, my heart felt so heavy. Should I be worried? Keep my hand tight, but I'm coming up May. Oh, this guy's still, yeah. with the, still with the aloha. Uh, also, for your reference, 36 years of age, male, 190 pounds, cannabis, one to three, daily cannabis, one to three drinks per week, no medication, very isolated loner out in the woods. Big Dane from Pacific Northwest. Big Dane. Um, it's a penis owner. Why do people give their weight without giving their height? 
Isn't that like completely irrelevant? Yeah. It, it, well, he's, he, I think what he's just trying to tell, even if he were 5'5", five, five, 190 is not massively overweight. He's just making point he's not over, super overweight. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, here's the problem. Uh, it could have been a vasovagal episode, another one. Uh, the problem is the those heart palpitations, right? The fact that there was a prominent heart palpitation when you felt like fainting, and then when you wake up, you still had the heart palpitations. All could be panic, but it also could be an arrhythmia. It could be some sort of supraventricular arrhythmia, you know, atrial fibs or atrial tach, uh, SVT, like it could be um, atrial flutter. It could be a lot of different things. If your heart rate was over 150, that is not a sinus tachycardia. Sinus tachycardias are uh, caused by panic and those sorts of things. Those are normal rhythms. But after you get over 150, that is no longer a normal rhythm. And even between 100 and 150, you might want to get that evaluated if it's, well, Definitely should be evaluated if it's associated with syncope, near fainting, or fainting, or chest pain, or shortness of breath. So this is something, any internist could do this, but you probably ought to see a cardiologist to be completely clear. That's all I'm saying. Hi, Hitler. I was recently having sex with my wife. After I finished, I realized my ball sack felt lopsided. Feeling around, I noticed that one of my testicles was high and tight inside my body. Luckily, I was able to push it back into my scrotum. It left me nauseated and in pain for about 15 to 20 minutes after I'm curious... What could have caused this to happen? Should I be concerned? Thanks, genes. That is very common. The uh, testicle can slide up into the uh, inguinal canal. Some people have it all the time. and have to push the testicle down in there. It doesn't really mean anything. You probably smashed the testicle when you panicked and pushed it down. It's just, don't panic. Just kind of roll it down. Guys, can I get something to drink? I've got like a weird, uh, ah, we're going to see the inguinal canal and the testes. Do you see it over there? Thank you. Uh, so there you go. That one in the lower right-hand corner is really the better picture. That, that's the, uh, we'll have to wait for, uh, there we go. Uh, yeah, you see how the test inguinal ring, herniated, that's actually a hernia right there. Uh, started working home at the beginning of the pandemic. Shortly thereafter, I noticed my browns have been Burt Tier Liquid Shotgun Blast. Is Burt always liquid? I didn't know that. Burt Tier Liquid Shotgun Blast? Yeah. Hmm. Burt Chrysler. Uh, I chalked up the stress, blah, blah, blah. Curious of correlation causation. I began holding it for an hour each time. I noticed that my dookies returned to a solid state. Even kept a spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, Jesus, OCD. Uh, I get Browns 97% of the time with holding for an hour, 3% difference stemming from a day of indulgence, uh, blah, blah, blah. Work from home. So it can be a lot of things. Um, you know, uh, liquidy or looser stools can be caused by a lot of things. Holding it back gives your colon a chance to resorb some of that water that's all the colon does is absorb fluid really and so that fluid absorption can go for longer if something's not pushing it through like for some people it's coffee that just pushes it through or some something else even drinking something hot can cause something called a gastrocolic reflex pushes things through and if it's not done with the water absorption it can be a little bit loose that's all ah let's see toothless road rage i mean i saw that last week and i'm, I'm interested in this one Let's see what you got there. And this that motherfucker almost run us over off of an exit over a dumb son of a bitch. I'm going to let you son of a bitches know right now. I'm a bad son of a bitch. Don't you ever pull your goddamn car out in front of me like that again, boy. That's who I am. You almost run over my goddamn car, boy. And that's who I am. I'm a bad son of a bitch. I don't <laughs> fuck around even in traffic. That motherfucker, he just come real close to touching us on purpose. On purpose. So what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, that's cool guy teeth through yeah, and through. What disease or what what 
Syn- What's wrong with his jaw? <laughs> well, I mean, like, what syndrome takes all your top teeth but leaves all your bottom teeth? Uh, that's a great question. Or is, is, is that just a physical altercation problem? Uh, good, interesting. Uh, let, can we see the upper teeth in any way? Can we? Oh, yeah. I looked yeah. previously. Is there any, like, little... Yep, ooh, that's, there we is, go. Is there anything there? A little gum action right there. Just gum, right? There's nothing. Yeah, yeah, there's, there, nothing. yeah there's no tooth. You know, it may be... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to speculate. Here's my speculation. Ready? I'm going to say... This guy had horrible dental decay, like bad and horrible gum disease. And they told him, hey, man, we're going to have to pull all your teeth. And until until we make your dentures, you're going to have to walk around with no upper teeth. He goes, fuck, do it. Go ahead. That, so this looks like a dental cause, like a dentist caused this because it's all clean. Look at that. So hold Super on. clean. Somebody pulled all his teeth. You think this guy freshly has all of his teeth out or I, that they've I, been gone for a I, while i'm gonna guess he didn't follow up with the dentist properly you know I'd what say, i mean you know what i think that's a fair assessment. yeah and, and he maybe he didn't want to pay for the dentures and he said i'll get around to paying for them or something but that that's too clean to be natural because uh it's weird that the lower teeth were not as involved i agree with you but if you notice the back yeah, i'll lower tell you te- what it's time to pull those pretty no, soon no, too. those look pretty good to me those <laughs> okay. look pretty darn good those are choppers but the back lower teeth if you noticed are all gone uh, and you know, you may, you know, this guy may have, there's another possibility. This guy may have had a meth problem. He certainly looks like a cool enough guy for that. Um, and, and maybe that's the reason for all the dental stuff. I, I'm going to say blues. gum disease. I'm going to say gum disease. I'm going to say you just had a mole pill for gum disease and that happens. It does happen. And, uh, you know, he's a badass dude as he tells us. Uh, hi mommy. Hi Hitler. Uh, done nothing with my life since I was about nine or 10. So for about 20 years now. Diagnosed with fibromyalgia, been misdiagnosed quite well. My doctors treated her with opiates. Oh, this is my my mommy, 61. So I, I thought he meant, hi, mommy. He says, hi, Hitler. My mommy is 61. I glossed over that. You can't use the word mommy in this in this uh, world and not think you're addressing somebody here. <laughs> yeah, it gets a little confusing. Yeah, it gets very confusing. <laughs> uh, she was treated with opiates and fentanyl. Long story, she's off that stuff. Takes some over-the-counter medicine, CBD for pain. She spent days on disability, ran out two months ago, watched the TV, smoking cigarettes. Hardly bathes, never leaves the house. Horrendous smoker's cough. Oh, this is sad. There's a lot of people like this out in the world. She's 61. She's, she knows she needs help but won't do anything to help herself and don't know what to do. My advice, I would make me the happiest mommy on the planet. Love me, tell me what to do. Desperate, a desperate mommy about my mommy, Ian. Ian, this takes a lot of work, something like this. Uh, my bet is she's still on something, maybe alcohol, uh, having been that strung out on opiates. As she was, the whole story may be addiction here. Um, and so the the treatment would be to treat the addiction, get her to meetings and things like that. Um, that's one possibility. Um, I, I'm mo- more suspicious this is multiple things. Uh, depression clearly has an overlay here. The fact that she had fibromyalgia suggests to me that she has depression and a sleep disorder and maybe trauma, childhood trauma. And so as a result of that childhood trauma, there may be some personality issues and difficulty functioning interpersonally and in the world. So this is a big mess at age 60. It's a lot of stuff that would need to be treated and she would have to participate actively. And I suspect this is really complicated. Let me just tell you, this is a very, this is somebody who has deteriorated to the point that she's not functioning because of her psychiatric condition. Let's make no bones about it. This is all psychiatric. And it's, it seems like it's a poly diagnosis, meaning it's personality, it's mood, it's substance. It's all these things, and somebody would have to, I mean, somebody would have to cart her to meetings and therapists, and so you could Zoom her in and you know, start to get her on proper medication. And 
I would also, you know, get all the alcohol out of the house. I've got a suspicion there's something like that there with her. Because she's got it. It's hard for people to be this isolated and this alone and not have something that they're using to fill the void, so to speak. And that's usually alcohol in this kind of setting. Oh, my goodness. Uh, do we have a voice message? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, hey. big titted booth boys. My name yeah. is Paige, and I was wondering if the drive for sex is to procreate. Why do men still want to have sex with women, even if they are infertile, on birth control, or past their childbearing years? I know some men can find their partner undesirable after they've become pregnant or after giving birth for a period of time. Thanks again. Piss on me, beat me. I will. So uh, what, what, what happened is that the, the, the drive for reproduction became a power mount, power mount drive system, right? It's, it's a very important system. Our purpose on life is to, to push the species forward. That's really what our genes want us to do. So other than survival, reproduction is the most powerful drive we have. And out in what's called the environment of evolutionary adaptedness, it didn't really matter so much who we tried to procreate with. We just had to try to do it as much as possible. So as long as we were there trying it all the time, that increased the probability of reproduction of our genes going forward. So people wouldn't even live into these non-reproductive years very often. Uh, so, you know, younger men, and we, and we as older males do sort of lose our drive a bit too. So that's good. We're not as prone to, but younger men are out there just trying to get their, their genes going forward. And, uh, the fact that we live so much longer now and that we live in infertile states and that's all, that's all something that's come since our evolution, right? That was the environment of evolutionary adaptedness. We lived to 30, we reproduced and boom. Uh, we died of disease, we died of hunger, we died of all kinds of things. So reproduce fast was was what we needed to do. And we wouldn't we would more likely encounter somebody that was fertile than not fertile. So we just didn't differentiate, just reproduce. And uh, now it's you know now is we wonder why we keep doing it and we do. Hey, here's one for any crazy Xanax meltdown. Dude, you ready for this? <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, somehow my doctor put me on four to six milligrams of alprazolam and one milligram of clonopin. Oh my God. When I was 20, kept me on until I was 25. I'm now 26. At the start of COVID, I freaked out after I got worse and worse. He switched me from six of Xanax and to, to two of clonopin without warning. The seizures are fine. Get your shit together were his words. Wow. Ugh. I had to go through brutal taper via Ashton manual for another doctor now I'm off. I feel awful. I heard the receptors in my brain are still recovering. This is what we talked about last time. It can take a year. Um, my MRI scan shows in a large pituitary gland that I think is from the dopamine disorder of overall stress of the taper. Do I think so? Not necessarily. Nah. Yes, dopamine does go up during, um, and you can get some pituitary enlargement. Um, was The question would be, was there cellar enlargement also? I, that would not be from the withdrawal. Uh, definitely want to keep an eye on that, though. You know, pituitary enlargements happen. It's not something to be alarmed about. Uh, but you need to see an endocrinologist, and there may be some medication you have to be on to kind of suppress that. Is there anything I can do to speed the recovery? I had a bad reaction to SNRIs, SSRIs. How is it legit for Dr. Keep on that medicine that long? I don't know. I do not understand how my peers can use benzodiazepines the way they do it, that they can give it with opiates. They can give it. The benzodiazepine problem is is the what's left over from the opiate epidemic. We're still doing it with the benzodiazepines, and it's disgusting. So, yes, you were mistreated. That was That's terrible. And you're going to have withdrawal for up to a year. That's the horrible part. I told Annie that, that that's why I don't want him taking very much of this stuff for very long. So I'm already off the chief. Thank you. Good. So the next year is not going to be good for you. And there are two medications that are very, very, very helpful. 
Uh, one is the main one is Neurontin, uh, gabapentin, gabapentin in high doses. Now, uh, at high doses, it can become a little sedating, and so you want to taper it down from that, and you want to get on as little as possible to control your what's called post-acute withdrawal. The acute withdrawal is what you went through with the, that brutal taper, and now you're having post-acute withdrawal. The next thing is to uh, consider using some phenobarbital that sometimes here and there helps, you know, 30 to 60 milligrams once or twice a day to help take some of the edge off, not for long term, just to kind of get you kind of stabilized in the game. Then the third thing is to get your sleep right. And that is rough. I'm not going to kid you. That can be tough at this stage of the game. Um, so you want to use all the non-addictive things you can, like melatonin and maybe some Benadryl and maybe some um, Unisom. There's all kinds of things like that you can try to see if that helps you restore some sleep. Uh, be careful with the melatonin. It tends to be a little bit short-acting. You may want to take a long-acting melatonin. And uh, and then the next thing, is, and this gets a little more involved, there's medications like Seroquel or Trazodone, those sorts, with Trazodone being probably the next one, um, which can be helpful. As you said, you've had bad reactions to SSRIs. Um, uh, trazodone is what's called a quadricyclic antidepressant. It's not an SSRI. It's an old-fashioned antidepressant that turned out to be better for sleep than depression. Uh, so you probably could take the trazodone. So three meds for you that you should talk to your doctor about. Gabapentin, um, sorry, gabapentin, phenobarbital, and um, trazodone. And the trazodone, if it really works for you, sometimes you can take during the day, too, to take some of the edge off, like at 25 milligrams or so at a time. And then more involved stuff includes Seroquel and Geodon and things like that. It's a, it's a, it's a marathon, man. You've got to make it possible to get through this year. Uh, voicemail, another one. Hey, uh, Dr. Drew. This hey, is Nathan. Uh, hey, Nathan. You know, this call isn't about me, but I'm just sitting here watching my dog poop. And, you know, watching him prolapse his anus to poop, I'm just thinking – that would be so convenient if, you know, if we could do that. There's zero wiping. Don't have to worry about any of that crap. Do you know, is there any kind of evolutionary advantage to not prolapsing your anus? Thanks, Dr. Drew. Um, I'll see you up in May, man. Jesus Christ. I, 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 yeah, well, your mom's house, they're thinkers. We're well, thinkers here. Let me, let me, dogs don't wipe even if they don't prolapse. Correct. Anus. And so, dogs don't prolapse their anus. I know what he's talking about. They have a sort of a flowering that goes on. But that's normal anal function. And, and we have something similar we do, trust me, believe it or not. And uh, the wiping is just, uh, right. you know, us being evolved biological agents. That's all, buddy. Right. So the prolapse uh, Dogs would about... if they could. They lick their anus is what they do. <laughs> it's more of uh, a puckering, right? Yeah. They, uh, dogs lick their anus. They do clean up. Although I must admit, I have to clip some of the hair on my dog very frequently. He's a little bit uh, cavalier. Cavalier, I'd call him. Caval cavalier shitter. Uh, give me another one. That was a waste of my time. Hey, Drew. It's Chris yeah. from Canada. So Chris. I'm just wondering here. Sometimes I get, like, blood that comes out of my belly button. Sometimes, like, you know, you get lots of lint in there, but sometimes I find, like, wet blood. I got to use it, like, Q-tip to get out. It smells kind of funny. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens sometimes. And I don't know if this is a problem. Like, does this happen to other people? Piss on me, beat me. You bet I'm coming up in May. Bye. Yeah, it actually is a problem. I think I've talked about it once or twice here before, which is, you know, there's a canal in there, and that canal can become rather deep, and it can get infected. And because it sort of closes up on itself, the bacteria become what's called anaerobic. The, the non-oxygen using, utilizing bacteria proliferate in there. And those are the ones that smell bad. Those are the ones that cause abscesses. And it can be a mess. <laughs> in fact, I would, 
I would talk to a physician about it just to make sure you're not actually having an abscess in there or something and to make sure probably a dermatologist could be the most to help you with it and uh, make sure you're doing proper cleaning and that thing is properly assessed. And uh, yeah, peroxide and that kind of thing might be the way to go and you might have to do it on a regular basis. So I would talk to a doctor about it to have someone examine it. It's an interesting one. Do you guys know that about your belly button? You could be in you know, a periumbilical, periumbilical abscess. Oh. No, I was going to be like, yeah, I know my belly button smells like shit. Yeah, you got you to be careful with that. Canada. A lot of your mom's house uh, fans are in Canada, aren't they? Is that true? Uh, some seems of them. Like I know, I know we like have a, a bunch of mommies up there. Yeah, it's like a bunch of mommies up there. What, what is it about Canada that this, this is so attractive to you, do you think? And we don't do a lot of Canada videos. We should. I don't know. I think maybe it's the English speaking that Canada likes. I see. So it's, okay. <laughs> in other words... Uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> we don't have any good reason Man, for it. It's just yeah. one of them things. I'm, I'm learning that each of us have our own way yeah, of... of shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right, let's give some more voice message. Turn off that x-ray vision, bro. <laughs> it's scary, man. It's just scary. <laughs> I just let it blink on for a second. I don't like to use it. It's, it's disturbing, some of what I see. I, I got news for you. Uh, here we go. More voices. Hi, mommy. Hi, mommy. Uh, my name is Julia. I'm from Montreal. Okay. I have a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. both a generalized anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm also a borderline personality disorder Uh-oh. person. Uh-oh. Uh, but my main issue is that I stink. Oh. I just stink. My armpits stink so much. I walk out of the shower, and right away, I'm disgusting. Mm. I just, you know, I'm just trying to keep them high and tight I know. for the boys I understand. and i feel like they don't come around me because i think and i also sweat a lot oh. i'm a daily cannabis smoker i don't know if that makes a difference mm, but not. yeah i'm not yeah. on the medication yeah. but yeah thanks so much keep them high and tight you bet i'm coming up in may so we probably should do some talk about borderline but um yeah uh remember i've talked before about fish odor syndrome Ah, Remember yes. That? Yeah, the rotting this, this, fish syndrome. Yeah, this is not that, I don't think. I think she you know, she needs to shave. That reduces it somewhat. Maybe use some antibacterial soap, Pfizer-Hex, that kind of thing can be helpful. Maybe get the stronger prescription strength deodorants. That can be helpful as well. I, I, it is, when people get some of these, these funk syndromes, they are really hard to treat. They're not easy for people to come through. And, and I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry. And men, what do you guys think about men and, and smells? If they're really, if you really attract somebody, they they tend to deal with them pretty well, don't you think? You guys agree? Some some guys, some guys, that's a deal breaker. Some other guys, if they're really in, they're in. <laughs> you guys are not smell guys, yeah, all right? No, if someone yes. stinks, it's like, hey, bro, do something about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, My you'd, you'd be willing to, that, you know? well, but you'd be willing to work with them. Yeah. If you're really attracted to the person and they're they're reciprocating. Yeah. All right, okay, that's interesting. Um. So borderline personality, do you guys know what that is? Borderline personality? Yeah. You're uh, all be... I know is that it's scary. It's, yeah. It is kind of scary. It's, uh, it, it's, it's super hot and cold. It's, it's yep. uh, I love you and I hate you all yep. mixed into That's one. That's right. Day. I hate you, don't leave me. That's sort of the classic thing of a, a borderline feeling state. Like I'm, I'm pushing you away. I hate you, but don't leave me because I can't stand abandonment. Let's look up the criteria for borderline disorder, and, and we'll just sort of – when I read it, everyone's going to feel like they have it because that's the way personality disorders are. Uh, let's see criteria. Can we get just look up criteria for person? Yeah, borderline criteria. There we go. Uh, there you go. Criteria for diagnosis. Let's get nope. Top, top, top. There you are. Here we go. All right. Let's get okay. 
chronic feelings of emptiness, emotional instability, reaction day to day events, irritable anxiety lasting a few hours, frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment. I told you about that. Identity disturbance, the markedly persistent, unstable self image, impulsive behavior in at least two hours, potentially self damaging, spending sex, substance, reckless driving, inappropriate, intense anger. We call it unregulated aggression, unregulated rage, a difficulty controlling the anger. Patterns of unstable, intense personal relationships, right? So intensity in relationships is what um, the what uh, borderlines get into, and splitting behavior. They 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 um, they deviate, they fluctuate between extreme idealization and devaluation. You're the best doctor I ever had. You're the worst doctor. I have to destroy you. Suicidal behavior, self harm, some paranoid ideation, some dissociative symptoms. So there you go. And it's a narcissistic disorder. So lots of preoccupation about themselves. And there's some grandiosity that comes along with it sometimes. But it's uh, it's that unstable relationship. It's the unregulated rage. It's the uh, suicidal and self-harming behaviors and the splitting, which is, you know, we they, they'll like go, Nadav, you're the nicest person in the world. You know what any said? He's an ass. He said, you're an asshole. Any never believe what Nadav said about you. Splitting people to sort of make, make themselves more important. Super cool. Super cool. Any? It's not like anybody you've ever dated? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just guessing. Really wish you'd turn off that vision. I'm just drill. guessing. Really wish you'd just turn those eyes off real quick. You're the best, Any, and then all of a sudden you're the worst. And, oh, yeah. And then, and then yeah, you're yeah. cheating. You're cheating. You're cheating. You're cheating. I know it. I know it. I know it. You looked at her. I'm going to kill you. Right? <laughs> How long ago was the last time you were with the board? Every time, man. <laughs> every time. That's <laughs> so I mean, I have understood at this point it's it's something that I uh it's it's something in me that I am, you know, bringing to myself. You There's attract no way that, it. Yeah. You yeah, attract yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. There's something in me. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, you were right about one thing. I read all of that and I'm like, oh, that's gotta be me, 100%. Oh, so, you you feel like you have borderline traits yourself? I mean, just hearing most of those things, yeah. Oh, like, that's besides, interesting. Besides... So, well, that's interesting. So you may have some borderline stuff. That's interesting. You know, um, there's a famous football player that borderline disorder. Um, the one who killed everybody? No, 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 the guy who oh. wore the green shoes. Uh, green shoes? Yeah, green shoes, I'm running back. Huh. Ah, shit. Just look up. Uh, is it Gre Brandon Marshall? Yeah, Brandon Marshall. Exactly. Uh -huh. Brandon Marshall. He, and he's a really cool guy. And he had it treated with something called dialectical behavioral therapy. And he it's now all settled down. And he talks about how he's had this thing and he didn't understand it. And uh, so DBT for borderline. If you feel like, yeah, it, it's traditionally thought of as something that affects women more than men. But, but as you see, men have it. And it's not that uncommon. And there's a lot of it these days. A lot of borderline stuff out there these days. And I think kind of the way the world is put together sort of fosters borderline, um, you know, the way we live on through social media and that kind of stuff. So there you go. Um, I, I, maybe I, we ought to bring in a borderline test, Manny. I was about to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, that might not be a bad idea. It's interesting to learn. Yeah, am I a borderline? I've got uh, am I a psychopath, which I thought would be interesting to give you guys. I'm not going to give it today. Um, I, I want to see what we're going to do is sort of at some point document which amongst you, maybe wait for Zolo to be back. Is Chris still in there? Is he in there now? Chris is in Yeah. Here. Um, whether any of you have these psychopathic traits, so we'll do that. We'll do it all and we'll dedicate a show to test. I'll, I'll work on some borderline. Ooh, so borderline uh, psycho episode. Here's the thing about borderlines. It, now, so those, so those traits that I read, you've made you feel like those are more kind of you or the women you date. Both. Both. So, so that's interesting. Usually, if you have borderline traits, you would tend to attract people that were more sociopathic, like more manipulative and more self-serving. Does that sound like the people you date? 
more manipulative and self-serving. Yeah, yeah like, it sounds like both. Yeah, yeah, because because borderline, it's the chaos and the instability, but sociopaths will sort of come in and take advantage and really don't just want to use you for themselves and that kind of thing. Is that sound like the stuff that gets attracted to you? I mean, but it sounds like both though, like that they're both of those things. So you get borderlines and sociopaths. I I mean I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. That I okay. I hear the. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a thing. Well, let's of look like, up sociopathic traits. Let's look. Let's let's do that. Let's, let's talk do about it. sociopaths. So sociopathic traits. Giving everybody a little. Uh, 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 there we go. Definition for that. Uh, no no no. Do you just look so look up look up. Um, Antisocial personality criteria. Look at that. Antisocial personality criteria. Uh, and we'll sort of do it that way. Antisocial personality criteria. Yeah. Uh, criteria. There you go. There you are. No, no. Second one. Sorry, guys. We, we roll through this. This is all spontaneous. So we want to get right to it. All right. There we go. Here we are. Uh, Impulsivity, deceitful, failure to conform to social norms, particularly lawful behavior, performing acts that are grounds for rent. Let's sort of antisocial, but keep going up, 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 up. Jesus, are you reading Annie's uh, Instagram bio? How you dare you? <laughs> Irritable, aggressive, suck my dick. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Never mind. I'm a fucking sociopath. <laughs> Holy shit. Never mind. Fuck borderline, bro. <laughs> Reckless disregard for safety. Let's keep going. Let's keep going up. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, consistent irresponsibility. That's not you. Lack of remorse. That's not you. We talked about you don't like feeling guilt, though. We talked about that. Uh, blah, blah, blah. No, you really that's this. This is that's a that's extreme antisocial. It's more sort of criminal sociopath. That's not right. Let's look up sociopathic personality. Any, could you switch to your angle so people could see how agape your mouth uh, is let's at look at, the let's, revelation you've just had? Let's look, look, up, <laughs> look up sociopathic personality criteria. Let's get that. Let's see if we can get something because that's a little more sedate <laughs> compared to antisocial what was it sociopathic sociopath personality criteria let's see if we can get some because this this will be more any <laughs> no no antisocial oh uh, what we looked uh, up down. was antisocial personality yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so so that's i think yeah you had some antisocial stuff because your dad you've said that yeah uh, i don't think i don't think you're the person so you have traits you see you don't have the disorder if you had the disorder you'd be in, in jail all the time um uh, <laughs> i mean all the time, <laughs> not, not ever, all the time. Uh, sociopath. Well, let's look at the signs of sociopath. Uh, what if you're just a really good one? You're really good when you're hiding it? That's true. Yeah, it's like, uh, they can happen. Uh, keep going up, 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 uh, signs. Here we go. Consistent pattern. Uh, okay, lack of empathy. That's not you. Impulsive, attempting to control others with aggression or threats, using intelligence and charm to manipulate, not learning from mistakes, lying for personal gain, showing a tendency to violence, generally superficial in relationships, Sometimes stealing, threatening suicide to manipulate, sometimes abusing drug or alcohol, trouble with responsibility. So no, so, never mind. No, yeah. no, no, uh, no. Yeah. No, so the so one thing, one thing you never have is is irresponsibility and that kind of stuff or trouble following through. You you don't you you don't like feeling guilt, but you're capable of you know you, you do feel guilt and stuff. And you know the difference between right and wrong, and you don't you don't manipulate other people. But I'm wondering if your partners, if your female partners, are more in this zone, like they lie and manipulate a little bit. I mean, in in my previous. Uh, uh, relationships we, we've both manipulated each other for mm -hmm, sure mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. i mean i learned from my first how that works and i explain. mean explain what do you mean like my first ex was one of the most manipulative motherfuckers in the world and in what sense give me an example me. of what she would do uh, oh god she was the um 
She was the what what you were saying. I mean, shit, it might be borderline. But would she would she threaten to like suicide and or threaten uh, <laughs> to cheat or? It wasn't just threatened. She tried okay. and was like, you know, this yeah. is all you guys fall. Oh, okay, stuff. I just okay. wanted to make that's, sure that's that everybody cared about. Yeah, me that's more borderline. That's more yeah, borderline. she yeah. was fucking insane. So. Um, it went from that to, you know, me, of course, gaining some of those traits and, oh, and interesting. And like, cause, cause what, what I thought was I was just weak in that relationship because I, I didn't grow up with any, you know, therapists or right. people to talk about that. Right, so right. I just took it as, oh, I was just weak. I didn't get how to like play that game. Right. So I just tried to play that game in the next. And then I learned that that's not fucking okay. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it just kind of, you know, has, has gone on a crazy roller coaster until it's more or less fizzled out. Um, time to get but, well. Yeah, time for you to get well. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm yeah, trying. it's good. You, you. These best. are all traits. The, the difference between traits and a personality disorder, you can't let go of. You can't get low of a disorder. It, traits you can kind of try on for size and, and and recognize them and undo them. Those are traits you can undo. Um, but if you have an actual disorder, you would never really even see the things you're doing, and you would always blame the outside world for any of your actions. So, in other words. It, let's say it's the manipulation. You well, of course I'm manipulative. The guy's an asshole, and I have no other option but to do that. Just how I survive, and blah blah blah. blah. You you wouldn't ever look at yourself or or put the locus of the problem in you. It would all be out there. That's a personality disorder, and personality disorders are relatively fixed. Uh, traits can come and go and change, and so these are all traits we're talking about with you. It seems to me. I I gotta understand the the difference of those because. Everybody says that that like essentially my acknowledgement of these traits is proof that I am not. It's proof because you don't have a di- personality disorder. It doesn't mean you don't have the traits. Right. It means you don't have the. You, you can change them. Right. You can change them. Hopefully. Because because what I'm saying, my my fear has always been uh, narcissist. I feel like I'm a fucking narcissist, and I felt like that for um, well, almost I, a decade look, now. Nar- narcissism uh, is is endemic right now. I mean, everybody has narcissistic traits. It's just the world we live in right now, mm. and and the 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 problem with narcissism is not the narcissism. There's here. Let me let me give you a little primer on this. The problem with narcissism is that you're not connected to primary feelings. You you talk about it as dissociation, and you want to have your feelings. Your feelings are full of information and richness, and they help us live our life in a certain kind of way. So you you lose out when you're a narcissist on those rich feeling states, okay? The liability of narcissism is, well, in addition to not having those primary feelings, you also feel empty and longing. Empty and longing are part of sort of feeling, having a narcissistic disorder. And then in the world, um, you lose the you may not have the capacity for empathy, and when you when you lose the capacity for empathy, you, you hurt other people, and you don't want to do that. So th- those are sort of the liabilities of narcissism. By by itself, it's neither good nor bad; it's just traits. Uh, but when you're not connected to feelings, when you feel chronically empty and and you know unwhole, and you maybe act out in ways where you don't appreciate what you're doing to other people, it's not not a great way to go through life. So you just gotta. Stay on top of it. It, it can it, it, the, again. A real narcissist doesn't give a fuck. A, a narcissistic trait, which many of us have, uh, is sort of interested in changing it and doing better and connecting to feelings and being empathic towards other people because that's that's where a more meaningful life comes from. Okay, does that all make sense? It does. And I mean, one thing I can absolutely at least say is I've always been interested in uh, you know bringing up others. So if that's yeah. in me at all, I yeah. guess. No, there's all kinds of stuff in you. I, I, mm. if, if I were worried about you, I would tell you. I, I, I am not. I feel like mm. this is part of your maturation process, whatever it is, and you're working on it. And I, personally, I had to go to therapy for a long time to, to 
to connect with the primary feelings that I was disconnected from. That was that was my job in therapy. Not everybody needs therapy. Sometimes it's really just about, a lot of the times it's just about getting healthier in your relationships. Because if you can, if you can form healthy, stable attachments, you, you, the rest of it kind of comes along for the ride. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't do all that screwy, manipulative, self-serving, non-empathic stuff in a really secure, attached relationship. The, the other person will not put up with it. They'll leave. So something to think about. I have, good, good conversation. I, I, have, I have two quick questions yeah, for you, though. I got you. So for, because one thing, there were only like some, you know, traits that I could take from all of these that we read, but the antisocial whatever yeah. syndrome yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. all of those, 100%, yeah. Yeah. like to the maximum. Yeah. So, so what when, the, what's the first thing to? So, so probably, again, I, I'm, I'm not assessing you. I'm not your doctor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to speculate in cases like yours. Um, oppositional defiance disorder is something that we see more in childhood. And when people have sort of abusive relationships, particularly with dad, oppositional defiance is a very common thing. And one of the, and one of the, so look up oppositional defiance disorder and you'll see that very familiar for you. And that can turn into an antisocial personality, right? I, I don't think you went in the, I don't believe you went into the, the you know, antisocial personality. I think you probably stayed in sort of oppositional defiant, um, which is something that people kind of grow out of in my understanding. I'm no expert in this. Look, look, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, we had it there. Eight, the, the table 18 there. Yeah. Uh, let's look at oppositional defiant disorder. Okay. Uh, conduct, you know, it's conduct disorders in the classroom, irritable mood, argumentative, keep going, uh, loses temper, easily annoyed, argumentative, defiant, blah, 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 argues with authority figures. You've told us you do this stuff. Uh, blames I, others for his mistakes. Blame. I do do it, but I'm not usually, I'm not aggressive. I don't think no, I've ever been no, considered aggressive. I, I would agree. Uh, spiteful and vindictive at least twice the past six months, uh, persistent and frequent use of behavior should be used to distinguish behavior. Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, um, you know, resentful, angry, whatever. It, you know, this is just sort so of maybe. a thing that kids get into when when they don't trust. You know, they're fighting their way to try to try to be okay in the world, uh, and authority has mistreated them. And they can't. And the, you need to be able to trust authority to be able to sort of move through society. Let's see, distressful to others. Keep going. Let's see. See, behavior does not occur during the course of a second. Yeah, blah blah blah. Criteria for conduct is. Uh, you're right. You see, it's associated with antisocial personality. So it's under 18. They're really thinking about here. All right, and of course, it goes mild, moderate, or severe. And you would be if you had any of that mild, right? It's school, homework, peers, that kind of thing. It's not that you're out in legal problems. All right. So uh, again, all highly, highly, highly manageable, highly changeable. We can change these things. Gotcha. Right. Especially when you're contemplative about it, you're looking at them, and you're. You know, I, I mean, so your work is, again, a stable attached relationship. You should read about attachment and stuff, too. It would help you as well. And, and emotional regulation is staying with your feelings rather than dissociating from them. That's that's what we're saying. So there, and, and you can see a therapist. It would, it's, it's so much, it's so satisfying to see a therapist. But it's also satisfying to see a cool lady singing on the subway. So let's see that. You have got to get taking this too easy, and that's just how it is. So tell me what's wrong with me, man. I tell you what's wrong with me, man. I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit. Oh, off the off the train. You like so, Spice Girls, Drew? So, but some of that kind of crazy language and stuff, and the extreme uh, elation and the speed and all that—that's uh, mania. 
that is mania. So that's what happens. People get manic. They start to speak in tongues and things. Now I know that she was mouthing some stuff from the from the lyrics and all, but the speed with she's able to do that and the you know the intensity and then off the train and all that stuff. That very impulsivity. That is mania. But let's hear let's hear it again. It's good. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> she is nailing She's that awesome. Song. Yeah. Yeah. So the manics are very entertaining. They're very fun. They're until they get irritable and angry and aggressive, but they get eventually too. So it's rough. Rough. Um, why was that part of that blurred out? Was was her clothing not on fully? Yeah, her it? tits were out. Oh, that's also a manic thing. Throwing the clothing off is eventually when people get sick enough, they throw their clothes off. And we've talked about this before. That guy down in San Diego that threw his clothes off. Remember this? Is that the Coney Twenty Twelve yes, guy? Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. You want you want to see that video real quick? Just as long as we're talking about mania. Uh, I think we've been. You've been there. Before. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, is there any voice message or anything else that business left Hell for me to yeah, get? Yeah, dude. We got a couple more. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hello, Doctor Drew. Um, why? Why? Why does weed make me so goddamn horny? I don't mm. understand. It's not fair. I don't like to drink. I don't like any other drugs. This is my preferred recreational activity, mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to go to the movies, but my pussy's throbbing the whole time, and I can't fucking pay attention. Why does weed make me so horny? And I've noticed that certain strains make me hornier than others. What? I don't understand. Like, what is it? Why? It never was like this until I was in my 30s. I, 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 I smoke weed and be fine. Now I'm just walking around dripping like a fucking leaky fuck. Help me, Dr. Drew. I just want to enjoy weed without feeling like a creep in public. Bye. Love you, mommy. I like the way she's cracking her own shit up. She starts laughing at her. At her I favorite. love how mad she's getting. Yeah. So she just wants to enjoy weed and not have to get horny with it. Um, I don't have a real explanation for you. I know that happens. I've heard of this before. Um, not quite as vividly as your manifestations. So that's nice. Uh it makes me, you, you do, she does seem a little hypomanic herself, and it makes me wonder, could it be precipitating some sort of manic stuff? Because hypersexuality can go along with mania. But if you remember, we had that guy, was it last show, that couldn't evacuate his bladder when he smoked pot? There, there's effects in the autonomic nervous system that we don't fully understand that are idiosyncratic, that are specific to the individual. And this is your thing. And uh, good on you. Look, you A lot of women look for things to help with their libido. You've got it. Good for you. Give me another one. Hey, Dr. Drew, it's hey. Lindsay in New York. Hi, so brief background, I've been having auditory symptoms for close to 10 years. Mm. Um, it sounds like a swooshing noise mm. kind of coming in one ear and feels like it's coming out the other. Weird. And then I'll have a brief ringing in my ears wow. for about 30 seconds mm. and then it goes away. Um, I've gotten an MRI. I've gone to the ENT twice uh, for hearing tests and everything always comes up normal. Yeah. Uh, but last night, my husband made me come super hard with his mouth, and this auditory thing happened immediately after I busted yeah. my nut, uh, <laughs> but this time it lasted way longer than usual. Uh, it was like about three minutes, yeah. um, and it was kind of weird because everything sounded like we were sort of in a fishbowl. It was yeah. very echoey. and. Yeah, yeah. Every time I touched anything, it sounded sort of like static Mm. on a television, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. which is more severe than it's been in the past. 
So uh, does this have something to do with the fact that I orgasm? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any other route I should go with this? No. Thanks, Jeans. Love right, you. Right, you mommy. bet your ass I'm coming up in May. Thank you, Mommy. Uh, love her. Uh, it's a nothing. It's a nothing. You've had the proper neural workup. It's a nothing. Uh, when People get all kinds of strange ringing in their ears and swooshing and this and that. One of the disturbing things about some of these these sensory phenomenon like ringing in the ears and these funny swooshing that we just get as human beings is that sometimes they'll trigger panic or be associated with panic. And I'm guessing you have a little bit of that with this as well. Keep an eye on it. You'll see that when you get there, all of a sudden you'll get, you'll get weird about it. You get panicky. And um, it's a nothing. Uh, and the fact that, you know, it can be a lot of things. It can be, you know, the muscle. In, you have two muscles in your eardrum that tighten up and they can make the ear less responsive. You know, all that bearing down, maybe when you were having the orgasm, can, can affect the blood supply to certain parts of your brain. I mean, who knows? It's, a kind of, it's, it's, it's medically irrelevant is the important thing, except insofar as it causes panic sometimes. But that's about it. So don't worry about it. Enjoy. Enjoy. Give me one more. These have been great. Solid advice. Yeah. Too. Abundanza. No, enjoy. Hey, Dr. Mommy, I had a question for you. I am a almost 35-year-old married man. I've got one kid, and I'm about to get a vasectomy here in about a month. My question is, uh, when I was young, I had to have this surgery on my dick hole to make it bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since I did, it's made made it to where when I pee, it goes into multiple streams mm-hmm. sometimes, especially if I had just made white, which I think is pretty normal. Mm-hmm. But my question is, while I'm getting my vasectomy, could I also maybe have my boy, you know, hook, hook it up and fix my pee hole yeah. where it doesn't make multiple streams and yeah. make fucking messes everywhere yeah, yeah. And, and embarrass the shit on me? Anyways, just wondering... Uh, keep them high and tight, and best believe I'm coming up in May. Yeah, buddy. Um, it's possible. I, I can't say for sure they can fix it because the split stream and the wiper fluid stream and all that kind of stuff are very common when people have urethral abnormalities. I don't know if you had a phimosis repaired or if you had a urethral stricture. My guess is it was a urethral stricture that didn't fully heal or didn't fully re- uh, get repaired. So by all means, they can certainly evaluate it, and if there's something to be done, why not do it at the same time? Um, they don't really do the vasectomy under anesthesia. So I, I don't know. Certainly you'll be in the hands of a urologist. And that's the time to get to start looking and talking about these things. So the answer is, yeah, by all means, look into it. There may not be a correction, though. That, that I know it's kind of messy and a pain in the butt. I'm, I'm enjoying these. One more. Come on. Hi, Jeans and Dr. Jeans, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I have that I'm afraid to ask my doctor about mm-hmm. is about period blood. Mm. So... Is there like DNA hanging out in my period blood? And does that mean if there was like a crime scene and like there was a body and there was a tampon left behind, does that mean that like they would do DNA testing on the tampon? This is the things I think about. Um, keep it high and tight, guys. Thank you. This is Michelle, by the way. Thanks, Thanks Michelle. Bye. What the uh, fuck kind of question I, is that? I mean, <laughs> why not? I mean, you can do DNA on just about anything. Um, red blood cells, uh, uh, don't, they, they lose their nucleus, so they don't really have DNA, but white cells have tons of DNA in them and, and there's DNA in all your fluid essentially. So I would imagine that would be a source of potential, uh, check for DNA. Why, why yeah. not? No. Yeah. It's, uh, if, you know, you don't like thinks, period blood and no, what you're I, saying? No, I just mean, How like, dare you? if she, if she's saying that like, oh, should I not be having a period at a crime scene where I committed a crime? Yeah. I, also don't come or spit at that scene either. 
Yeah, how about not committing a crime? I think that's you know really let's, that's let's, the go, let's go all that's way the all the way to good recommendation. But but she's just obsessing. She's thinking about these things. It's all right. She was just wondering. Uh, it's it's all right. Uh, it's youth, the enthusiasm of youth, my friend. All right, that about does it for today. We appreciate it as always. Again, get the Rational Revolution Cup. Uh, get it at ym store.ymhstudios.com. And again, the voice message is 818-253-1693. We need lots of them. And drdrefdark at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.